this is ROE 33, Piecing the Puzzle Together, and I am your host, Lori Loving. Whether you're an educator, a student, or simply curious about the ever-evolving landscape of education, this podcast is your go-to place for insightful conversations, innovative strategies, and the stories that piece the Regional Office of Education number 33 together. Today, we'll be speaking with Jessica Donaldson, Behavioral Health Consultant for the Regional Office of Education number 33. Hello, thanks for having me. Hi, Jessica, it's great to talk to you today. Could you start by telling us a little bit about your role at the ROE? So I am a Behavioral Health Consultant, as you said, and so there's a few different hats that I wear within that. A lot of my time is spent providing professional learning to educators across our region. So that could be anywhere from an hour workshop on an institute day um, to a full day training on specific topics that help meet the needs within their building. So I provide a lot of professional learning. I also am a social and emotional learning coach. So we're very focused on having SEL um, systemic within our buildings, meaning that it's just embedded in everything that they do. So all of their policies and practices as well as in their classrooms. And so I coach our schools through that process. Outside of those two things, um, the rest of my time really is just spent in a consultant role. So a lot of times situations will come up or there might be questions within buildings and they need somebody to reach out to for um, recommendations of how to handle things or what to do in certain situations. And I am typically that person when it comes to behavioral health or social and emotional learning. And Jessica, you're a little bit of a unicorn in the education field. I would love for you to talk a little bit about your background and what you've brought to the field of education. Um, I think that we are so fortunate at the Regional Office of Education and the nine school districts that we work with to have you as part of our team. So talk a little bit about your background and, and how that has helped bring this work to the education field. Yeah, so it's interesting. I remember there was a time um, back when I was in college where I was struggling between, do I wanna be a therapist or do I wanna be a teacher? And so now I'm in a position where I do both and the worlds have kind of combined. So I got here because my background is in um, clinical work. So I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. So I was seeing clients um, primarily working with families, um, both in the home and in the school setting. And so I did that for several years across different parts of the U.S. But even when I was doing the behavioral health work, I was also creating programs in school settings. So I started out by creating a 21st century program. And then once I moved back here to Illinois, I helped a school establish a school-based mental health program. So even when I was doing behavioral health work, I was still working partially in education. And so then about four years ago, I had the opportunity to just come full-time into education. And so it's been really fulfilling work. I think it's helped me to be able to expand my reach to be able to teach as opposed to just providing the direct service. So it's just bringing a unique background to the world of behavioral health and the blend with education. Thank you, Jessica. Social emotional learning has taken a bigger role in the classroom post pandemic. From what you've noticed, how has that impacted the educational landscape? Oh, tremendously. I think before the pandemic, social and emotional learning um, was something that was a little bit just kind of trendy. It's been around for a long time. Um, interestingly enough, a lot of people might not know that the state of Illinois is actually the first state in our country to establish social and emotional learning standards. 
So the concept of social emotional learning has been around for quite a while, but in our region specifically, um, we were just kind of getting our feet wet with it before the pandemic. And then as we all know, there's a lot of things that came up post pandemic. Um, how do we manage our emotions? How do we go back to socializing more? How do we teach a lot of the skills so that we don't have that overwhelming sense of stress and anxiety when we do have things that suddenly occur in our life? A lot of those things kind of escalated post pandemic and social and emotional learning is really the strategy to be able to navigate that and to be able to teach our students skills what we've really found is that in order to teach those skills, you have to have those skills and have experienced those skills. And so a lot of our work really starts with just teaching and training adults that they can turn around and model that for students. Right. Yeah. I was just thinking like one of the passion projects that I feel like I've seen you um, take on post pandemic is that around educator wellness. And um, that wasn't really something that we talked about a lot before the pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. Educator wellness is absolutely a priority of mine. I guess if we're being pretty honest about it, education is a really tough field. You are charged with a lot of responsibility of teaching other people's students and you love them like your own. And it's really hard and really challenging work. And so sometimes day after day, that can really start to wear on you. And we see the emotional toll of that on our educators. And so it's really important that I think not only us as the ROE, but also our community rallies behind this group of individuals and supports them um, and respects them and is aware of what their needs are. And I think that we have to absolutely prioritize educator wellness because these are the people that are in charge of helping our youngest population. Absolutely. You're also paving the path for the crisis response teams in our area. For someone who may not know what a crisis response team is, um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Certainly. So unfortunately, um, there are situations that might happen either directly in our schools or they might happen in our community that impacts our schools. And so this could be anything from a fire that devastates the community to a loss of life, whether it is for mental health reasons or medical reasons, but these situations do happen. And so we know that they can certainly impact the school environment because these students still go to school every day. These teachers still go to school every day. And so our crisis response team is really just a way for us, again, as a community to be able to show up and to support our educators when this happens. So um, if one of these situations were to happen in the community, then what happens is the school can reach out to us and we have um, trained crisis response counselors that will go to the schools and they will provide that support for the students and for the staff. And so it really is just a short-term debrief counseling, not any sort of formalized clinical service. It's really just an opportunity for them to step out of the classroom for a few minutes, talk, process, debrief, and then be able to step back into the classroom and continue on with their day. Should there be a higher need, we would obviously make the referral for continued services, but it's really just a support for our schools. Oh, thank you. Throughout your career, you've presented all over the state on topics ranging from SEL to mindfulness and more. What has been most impactful on your own professional growth and why? So there's a couple things that come to mind. I think one of the, the favorite parts of my position is every month I run a cohort for our school counselors and school social workers and really anybody who does a lot of uh, social and emotional learning work in our schools. Um, and so we all come together across the region and we're just able to talk through what does their role look like. What a lot of times people are not aware of in the community is that 
when you're the only one who does this sort of work in your building, it can be really lonely and there's not a lot of people to brainstorm with. And so having this opportunity to get all the counselors and social workers together and to be able to network and talk through what they're seeing in their schools has just been really rewarding. Um, and they love it and I love it. And it's probably one of my favorite days of the month. So that's definitely one of them. The other one is last year, I was actually fortunate enough to be accepted into Castle's SEL fellowship program. And they take about 50 people around the country each year into this leadership program. And so I'm very grateful that I was a part of this. But being able to work directly with them, the people are really blazing the trail for all things social and emotional learning. I just think I've grown so much professionally and I've learned a lot. And it's been a really exciting year doing that. Yeah, you've certainly had an impact, not just locally, but across the state and you know even nationwide. So again, thank we're you. very grateful for the work that you do. So thank you so much for joining us today, Jessica. It was great to hear your perspective and give others an understanding of your role here at ROE 33. Thank you. I really appreciated being here. I'm grateful for the opportunity. Thank you all for listening. We truly appreciate the opportunity to serve our schools and communities by providing educational resources, partnerships, and opportunities. Please take a moment to find us on social media and subscribe to our newsletter where you can find all the information on everything ROE 33.